What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom. Um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They're clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like. Do you like listening? Do you like reading? And just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, if you guys haven't noticed, we've moved the PT Coffee Cast to its own Instagram page. So head over there so you don't miss out on any content. You can follow that at the PT Coffee Cast. We've also started a PT Coffee Cast newsletter so that you guys can get up-to-date information on the latest episode. If we have any new merch dropping, maybe some coffee, whatever it is, we want you guys to know about it first so you can follow the Instagram page as well as sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on anything. That's all I got for now, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. I always get too excited before a podcast, and I drink all of my coffee before it even starts. So at least I'm caffeinated, but I won't be able to drink any during. And how are you doing? You'll like be halfway through, and you're like, go to take a sip, and then there's yeah. a <laughs> and you're going to get sad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a... Uh, I'm drinking. I saved mine because I got iced coffee today. Some some homemade oh, iced coffee. Nice. Um, moving into the summer, man. I've I've been on an iced coffee kick. I'm not gonna lie. Last summer I wasn't as into it. So far this summer I've just been just crushing, and I'm and I'm probably not gonna stop anytime soon. Just like popping a couple cubes. <laughs> well, yeah, I usually. Do, yeah, I usually do. Like today, I did it quick, but um, I just did it in the AeroPress. But you can get like a little steeper little steeper that you put it in you let it sit overnight that's the that's the best stuff that's the next step yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into our, our episode today. We have, uh, two guests on one that was on, uh, the PT coffee cast once this was going way back now. It's crazy to think that it was probably almost a year and a half ago, but Danielle and Tyler welcome. They are the, um, owners of race ready PT, which is a new virtual physiotherapy and performance for runners, um, platform. So we're excited to have them on to talk about, the virtual way of, of treating as well as diving into some running related topics. So Danielle and Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Um, why don't we just kick off with uh, Danielle? Why don't you do like a little intro, reintroduce yourself to the PT coffee cast so that people can remember or if they're meeting you for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a physical therapist and running and triathlon coach. Um, I graduated from PT school back in 2013, which sounds funny to say out loud right now. Um, <laughs> and um, started my career out in Massachusetts. I was there for five years. And then two years ago, actually last month, I moved up to Portland, Maine, which is when I started my own company, Starting Line. Um, Starting Line um, is just, was a physical therapy and coaching company that I started just just me renting you know renting space from a gym and over time it um, evolved quicker than I anticipated and I had the opportunity to branch out and open an indoor treadmill studio um, in Portland, Maine. And now I have this really cool opportunity to uh, team up with my brother um, and take things virtual. So I'm very excited for what lies ahead. Yeah, it's awesome. It's crazy. I didn't even really like it's been obviously been a while since we talked last, but I didn't even realize that you had moved on into like the own your own running studio and everything like that. The last time we had talked, you were in a gym, as I remember. So that's awesome. Yeah, it uh, escalated <laughs> quickly um, in a good way. Um, and it was something that I had visioned doing at some point in time. And that time came a bit faster than I thought. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's roll with it. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Yeah. Um, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then let the people know uh, what you're up to. Yeah, sure. So uh, I graduated from Ithaca College back in uh, 2018. Um, and I uh, moved back home and I was working in New York City, commuting in for a while. And then um, a year ago, I moved into Brooklyn, um, took a new position um, working in outpatient uh, house calls in geriatrics. So I went from your traditional uh, outpatient setting into this uh, house call setting, which was kind of cool. And when I was making that change, um, that's kind of when Danielle and I started talking about this idea. And it was something where, although this happened around COVID time, we, uh, we were talking about it for a while. And uh, we continued to talk and uh, when Danielle was opening the run studio, we would kind of just chat every now and again about different things that were happening and different things that we could do or just anything about PT, business, everything. Uh, and that's, that's where I am today. Um, so it's been a little, little different here in Brooklyn the past couple months, but uh, happy to be here and get this stuff started. Yeah. And, and then running is something like, is it something that you did in, in college as well? Like you've been yeah. running for some time? Yeah. So I was a decathlete in college. Um, I was a pole vaulter in high school. And then when I got to college, I, um, I transitioned into the decathlon, uh, did that there for, for four years. Um, 
And it, it taught me a lot about, about running because previous to that, I didn't know a whole lot um, because I was just a pole vaulter who didn't like the days he had to run. Um, and then when I graduated, um, it, it, it's kind of interesting how you kind of lose that, that, that sense. And then I got into more distance running and ended up becoming a, a Roadrunners of America coach um, and just started started coaching. I had a, an affiliation at a running base clinic and, and really liked it and uh, just started dabbling more and more on my own and learning uh, over the past, you know, three, four years since being in PT school and um, just been running since. I feel like uh, I want to ask so many questions about pole vaulting, but that probably take <laughs> us away from the topic. Yeah, of the- <laughs> I, could, I could talk about it for hours, but yeah, that would take us pretty, pretty far down a rabbit hole. I'm sure. Um, before we dive into like race ready, I'm curious, like what is it about runners and running that you guys like so much, like working with that population? For, for me. So like, this is where Tyler and I differ is that like I was not a runner <laughs> and I started running like when my, uh, like when I started as a PT. So I started later on in life at uh, where some people, I feel like they've been running their whole lives and they've been doing all these crazy things and they're super fast. And for me, I like working with runners because I feel like I can relate to them in a, in a different way because like I, especially when I was first starting out, I was starting where they're starting and I was experiencing the things that they were experiencing. So being able to be like, no, I get what you're saying. I, I, I understand what you're, what you're feeling and the frustrations, like being able to relate to them has been really important to me and where I feel like I can build those connections really well. Cool. I really like working with runners because they are so motivated to to get better uh and i think sometimes people are like way too motivated like i want to get better tomorrow i want to run now i want to run more um but i mean just honestly my my love for running and runners comes from being a track athlete um i miss the track i miss the track atmosphere i think i always will and i'll I'll always go and run that that mile race or that indoor 5k or, or something when i can still try to pole vault once or twice a year but uh i think that that motivation kind of carries over into distance running as well. I will say that I, I feel I have more experience um, in the shorter distance, um, shorter distances, closer to track distances, um, continue to learn about marathon coaching and, and things like that, um, which is so popular now. But I just love the motivation and the will to, to want to get better and, and want to learn. And I think that that kind of leads into why we started Race Ready. Yeah, and I've I've started to like kind of catch that running bug a lot lately because of because of COVID. Like I've done I've done a, a half marathon in the past, just like out on a whim, and then lately I've been doing obviously more running, and I've really enjoyed it. And so I've started to work with a couple more runners, and it is like it's a great group of people to work with because, like you said, they're so motivated, um, but you also have to dial them back so i think it as a as a therapist it it creates like a fun kind of more challenging at times like um like relationship where like you you know they want to get better so they're going to like listen to you and try to to learn from you but at the same time you kind of have to have that dynamic as a coach to like reel them back when they're doing too much and stuff so i've really liked that like kind of dynamic interplay between like 
coach, therapist, and the and the athlete. That's funny. I think like uh, runners are the type of people that they, in a way, they enjoy, you know, the difficulty and the challenge and the pain. And so, in a rehab context, that adds like an extra dynamic in there, you know, because if you want to try to maybe back somebody off, you feel like they're sensitizing something. It's like it's difficult because it almost feels like a defeat. You know what I mean? Well, and then they're like, Oh, but like it, it should hurt or like, Oh, like yeah. I can, I can take this. I can work through it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's not the point. Like there's times when it's appropriate to work through or around, but that's not, that's not the end goal is to see how much pain you can take on <laughs> when there's an injury present. Yeah, it can be really challenging to like redirect that energy because yeah. when you're someone who runs 30, 40, 50 miles a week and then you, you, you back off, I feel like I get a lot of runners that are just like, what am I supposed to do with all this energy? Like if I'm, if I'm not doing this or that and uh, it, can, it can definitely add a challenge, but you need to find something for them to do. Otherwise they're, they're just going to go and run anyway because exactly. they need to, like they need to. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think, you know, you guys hit on a couple of key things that can kind of transition into our, our next like topic is like, I think it's important for like a runner, or, like to see a physical therapist and a coach, like someone who has like knowledge in both areas for the exact reason that you're just talking about, like no matter what, like most runners are going to run into some pain or discomfort, right? That's kind of just natural. So having, you know, someone who understands pain, but also understands running and all the components that go into it, I think is huge. So you guys are obviously combining to make like the virtual um, option for, for runners. So maybe dive into a little bit more of like what race ready PT is going to look like for you guys. So race ready is, is meant to be that exactly what you're saying, that, that platform for runners where you can, you can come to us for your rehab needs, but also for your, your coaching and your performance questions. And, and we, and all of that is kind of grouped together. And, and, you know, I always hear a lot of people, you know, trying to differentiate this service from that service, especially with laws and things like that. And, and it's definitely great. But when you're working with someone who has that knowledge of both sides, you have to know that they're always going to use that knowledge uh, that they have on both sides. Right. Um, as much as we try to separate it sometimes from a legal perspective, um, you have the knowledge. So we, we want to create that all inclusive um, area of, of performance rehab, but, but mainly all of that boils down to learning and, and educating these runners. Because my goal is not that I need to coach a runner through every single one of their races. When they want to PR and they want to do great, when they have their, their A race of the year and they want coaching, my goal is, is to be able to coach you through that and, and really push your limits. But I want people to have the understanding of the principles of training and the principles of rehab and load management that they can manage it there on their own and just use us as a, as a resource when needed or when desired, but not be reliant on us. And I think that's a huge part of what race ready PT is and, and is going to be in the future. Yeah. I feel like uh, that's where a physiotherapist can really fit in because, you know, I think as a runner, like, at some point you're going to deal with something uh, and trying to learn how to minimize the impact of that. So you can have like that longevity is a place where a physio can really fit in. 
Yeah, and obviously you hit on like, um, like you know, education and empowerment, and then enduring, which is like what I would assume is like you know your guys' core values. Just taking a look at like some of your website and stuff, but just listening to you kind of talk about it, like you highlighted all of of those things, and I think the cool part about where we're going now um, is that all of those things can happen virtually, right? Like you can still do all of those things from a virtual setting. And so obviously you guys are diving into that. And, you know, we talked a little bit prior to the episode about the virtual care. So I'd be curious to hear like maybe some of your experiences, like working with runners virtually, how you've had success with that. What are some of the challenges? Um, And we can kind of hit on some of those things. So I, I think something that like switching to virtual was realizing that my sessions didn't look that different. Like when I, when I really boiled it down is that I, you know, I, even my in-person sessions, I spend a lot of time educating. I spend a lot of time talking to them of like, okay, when you were experiencing X during this run, what was going on? What, you know, what's going on in your life right now? What's changed? Like, how have you been sleeping? Like I, I have conversations with them. I spend most of the sessions talking through what's going on. And I was doing the same thing when I was, when I was doing these sessions virtually, the other portion of them is, yeah, sometimes I do hands-on stuff when it's, when I, when it's deemed appropriate or necessary, or I think it's going to help facilitate the, the recovery process. But the other part is exercise and teaching them how to do exercise, not just sitting there counting reps and stuff like that. So I was able to do that virtually. Yes, from a work from home space. It was, you get a little creative and you're like, okay, I'm going to just angle the camera. Oh, you can't see my foot. Okay. You know, you have to readjust and you have to work with the equipment that they have at home or, um, you know, think outside the box a bit. But the more and more I did it, the more I realized like, this isn't very different than, than the in-person sessions that I've been delivering. So I think that was a really cool thing to see is that I was able to still deliver the very, very, very similar care. I think working in, in house calls for me, even though it's in with geriatrics on the, you know, for my, my full time job currently, I think that allowed me to get some of that creativity because I work in Brooklyn. I walk, I don't have a car like a lot of people who do house calls do. Right. So I, all I have is what's in my bag. Um, and learning a little bit in, um, in some telehealth courses um, about how to overcome some of those issues has helped me. Uh, I usually try to use two uh, devices. So I'll have my computer set up where I can just talk to you. You can see me great. I can share my screen, but I'll actually pull in um, my phone on, on our uh, EMRs app as just like a, a second provider kind of. And then I can move that phone around on a tripod. I could move it to the floor. I can do anything I need to with that uh, in order to show the patient what I want to without having to take my computer and bend it and angle it. And can you see me and can you not? And that kind of thing. So um, that's been one thing that's been helpful. But yeah, I'd have to say it's just so similar to what I would do uh, in person. Uh, And I don't think we realize that until we try it. And I think that helps to also ease some of the concerns that patients have there when they're like, well, how is this going to help me? Um, I, I think knowing that and being able to convey that can really help. 
Yeah, and I'm curious to hear how like some of some of the people have responded to it. Like, are people are people accepting it? Are they are they happy with the experience? Like, um, are they surprised by how beneficial the virtual has been, or that it went away that they didn't think it was going to go? I've experienced it two ways. So when this all started, I had patients that I was seeing in person. Um, and, and then virtual and then back in person again. And they're like, Oh, it was so great to be able to continue to see you. Like I was able to like progress my exercises. Like I've been able to do this, this, and this, like, and like I've progressed my running. Like they, they felt that they were still able to continue on with the progressions that we were working towards, even, you know, even though we weren't necessarily meeting in person. And then I, I did, uh, experience one start to finish, a full plan of care literally during, during COVID. And she was like, no, this has been great. Like you've shown me exercises. You've, uh, you know, taught me how to scale back my running. I was doing too much. You know, I've been able to get to a point where running doesn't bother me anymore. Like, so I think that it's just opened everyone's eyes to it for people that have experienced the in-person experience but also for someone who didn't have anything else to compare it to they're like they've both come out of it of like okay yeah this can this can be an effective way of treatment have you guys noticed um more motivated clients coming to virtual or or is it more like uh does doing the virtual platform maybe influence how motivated someone becomes I think that when you're, you know, it's, it's hard with COVID to say because people, a lot of people didn't have a choice recently. It was either do it virtually or don't, don't do it at all. So I'd be interested to see where we go. But I think that's part of when you read through our, our website and some of our, our information that we put out, you know, this is something where people have to be motivated because you have to do the, the work, you know, we'll, we'll do the educating and, and we're going to help you learn what you need to do, but you're with us for a half hour or an hour, an hour for an eval or, or maybe a half hour for a follow-up. I, I did the math on that minutes a week. That's less than, uh, I think it's like a half a percent of your time. So if you're not motivated to do things in that other 99 and a half percent of the time and make those changes, then it just, it, it won't, it won't work. Um, there's no, there's really no placebos to hide behind, right? There's, there's nothing that, that I'm doing to you um, that can, can make you feel better besides empowering you to know what you need to do. Um, so I think we just attract the motivated client um, because of what we're providing. The, there's, there's also um, a, par a part of me that, that is thinking, if they're getting to the point where they're taking action to reach out to us, it's likely that they've gotten to a point where they've either seen other providers or they've seen other doctors or they've been through this or have had this happen for the past three years and have had no success or no changes. So they're at a point where they're like, Oh, I'm in like, yes, they're motivated, but there are, they're ready to create change. And they're like, okay, I'm going to commit to this no matter what it takes. And 
I think they they just go into it with a, a different um, perspective and are willing to take that chance on something that might be a little bit different because what they've been doing hasn't gotten them the results that they're looking for. Yeah, no, and, I think that, go ahead, Will, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, and, you know, what do you think it is that uh, is being missed a lot of times from your perspective? You know, when people come to you and maybe they're at that kind of point, uh, is there something like a common theme that you've kind of seen? Uh, other professionals just, you know, I don't want to say taking the easy way out, but maybe taking the easy way out of, we'll just stop running. Mm -hmm. Well, if you just stop and yeah, if you stop running, then yeah, that is the hundred percent guarantee that you won't get a running related injury. <laughs> but you know, I think that it's not, it's not resolving the issue. It's not getting the person back to the activity that brings them joy that, that might be a source of, you know, therapy for them that, you know, might be part of their career that, you know, is something that, that brings them life. So if we're going to just take that away, it's like, all right, yeah, no, let's, let's just take that away from you. It's like, no, 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 but you're not, you're not helping me get, <laughs> you're not helping me reach my goals. And then I think there's the other side of like, okay, they're getting treated but they're getting significantly underloaded. I know Tyler and I have had this conversation before of like, okay, you can't do the same five, you know, banded PT exercises for the next 10 years and expect for things to change. They're like, yeah, I've been doing clamshells for, yeah, since I, you know, got hurt when I was 16. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, anything else? No? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say underloading is a big one. And, and I'd want to say underloading from a strength perspective while overloading potentially as a runner, mm. right? So over, over running and underloading tissues, uh, in terms of, uh, strength training. Um, it, it's just, I feel like sometimes it sounds like a broken record because every PT we know, and probably a lot of people who like listen to this podcast as well they're like yeah we know and it's like yeah but the people don't know yet like it still has not gotten around to the uh healthcare providers that might uh be seeing these people before we do or uh coaches of local track clubs um and if it has is sometimes it just gets around as a oh yeah strength training is good but it doesn't actually get implemented in those those local track clubs or those running groups um because people want to show up and, and run um, so I don't, I don't know, uh, what we can do differently per se, but I think we just got to keep, keep plugging along at it and, and keep educating runners that, that this isn't an option. This isn't something that you, you can just do when you get injured or when you feel like it, but strength training needs to be a regular part of your period, periodized programs. Um, and yeah, when you're getting towards your race, you're, you're not strength training uh, as much, uh, if nearly at all in the couple weeks leading up to your race, but, uh, it, strength training needs to be a part of your running program. It's just plain and simple. 
Yeah, totally. And I think like, you know, both of you guys hit on things that we also see, you know, the, the one person saying, you know, just stop running the other person, you're not loading enough. And I think like, how do we solve it? I think what's happening right now is actually an opportunity to potentially help solve that problem. Like the fact that we're moving more towards virtual platforms, you know, kind of where our hand was forced, but the fact that it's happening now breaks down a lot of barriers where people can reach out to you guys and be like, Hey, I saw, like, I see what you're doing. I, I came across your stuff and I've struggled with this and I, I want your help, you know, and then you guys can, can then specifically help them. So I think like the, the fact that we're going to this virtual model um, can benefit from that aspect. And then also obviously getting into those local communities and, and educating strength coaches, running coaches, whoever's working with these younger athletes or just athletes in general on the importance of, of strength training and how it relates to running I think it's huge. And I know you guys have like plans to do that. I'm, I'm assuming that's obviously part of like your business, like being educators. Um, how, how are ways that you guys are going to go about doing that? Like, I know you have a webinar coming up that you're hosting. So is that, is that kind of how you're going to try to move into like educating different people on stuff? Yeah. Uh, we definitely have plans for more webinars. So we have the one coming up about navigating pain um, for Dana Farber and, and the Jimmy fund, which I'll let Danielle talk more about, but webinars will be a regular part of, of our business. Um, and then compiling those webinars over time and, and, um, adding to them or subtracting from them as we learn more and, and, uh, you know, new research comes out and things like that over the years. But I, I view that as a way to reach, uh, more people, um, for just the basics and, and getting started. You know, the people that, well, they're like, I don't know, do I really need to see someone? It doesn't hurt that bad. I can still run. I know I should cut back, right? We could give them something at a, at a price point that they feel is valuable, that they're going to learn something from, and then maybe reach out to us after that because they found value in that. Uh, I think that can be a really valuable part of what we can do uh, as uh, physiotherapists and and coaches um so i definitely plan on doing that um the webinars right now in our plan they're going to be about once once a month on different topics um and you'll see them on our socials and on our website cool awesome and then um obviously the one that's coming up you're talking about like kind of understanding and navigating pain for for running is that that's the topic um, what, uh, what kind of things are you guys planning on, like hitting on within that, like having, like talking about what pain is, the factors that influence it. Um, uh, maybe we can touch on some of that stuff just to, to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, it takes them through just having them understand their ecosystem, like as a runner, what are the things that are going into your life and your training? That's not just you wake up, you run. And then that's it. It's like there's a whole other human that, that we're taking into account that's going to have different factors that play a role in how we perform. Um, and then taking them through some staging of understanding where their pain is at, um, whether, you know, is it, is it something that, that should be looked at? Is it something that we can train around? Is there something where, yes, actual resting it is appropriate, but you know, having them have the tools to make better decisions when 
in the midst of a run? Because I, I think a lot of people get to the point in their run where they're like, okay, I'm starting to feel pain. And then there's these two extremes where it's like people stop at the the start of a little bit of discomfort because they've never felt it before. Maybe they're a newer runner or they have someone who then reports, oh, this has actually been like an eight out of 10, but then they continue to run 10 more miles on that and they start limping and, you know, then, then they can't, they can't walk after that. So it's, it's finding that middle area so that they can start to just understand the severity of what they're dealing with. So I like to give them, you know, green light, yellow light, red light, and just being able to have a window into, okay, what am I dealing with? Okay, zero to three, very low, low level discomfort. Green, carry on. Yellow light, three to four. Okay, it's getting to a point where let's proceed with caution, but if it's staying stable, it's not progressing, it's not causing you to alter your mechanics, great. It stops as soon as you stop running, also a great sign that it, it is in the less severe get category. When we're starting to get to five, six, seven, and upwards, that's that's a sign where I'm like, eh, we should probably question this a little bit more, especially if it's something that's lingering 24, 48 hours afterwards. Then the question is, okay, is it interrupting their daily activities? You know, walking, stairs. Then the next level of severity, okay, is it interrupting their sleep? So really being able to explain those those stages to them and getting them to understand like, okay, this is where I'm at. And these are the things that I need to do to be able to continue training or modify my training and then discussing the ways that they can make those modifications. Or in fact, if they don't feel like they can make those modifications themselves, then yeah, reach out. And, and this is something that, that I tell my clients, I don't need to see you every day or three times a week. I see people once a week, once every other week. I'm like, check in when you need to. Like, we're going to talk about all these things. We're going to come up with a plan. Come back when it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> um, so we're going to just be taking them through, through that and just how to make better decisions while they're in, in their training cycle. And a, a little bit of that, what I'll be doing is a little bit of the uh, neuroscience education, just a sprinkle of it, not to overwhelm anyone, but just defining common terms understanding the difference between pain and nociception, a little bit of sprinkle of uh, sensitization and inhibition and facilitation. Um, one thing I like to bring up uh, is uh, Cartesian dualism. And uh, you guys can, we can talk about that. Or you guys can look that idea up if you aren't sure about it. But I love to bring that idea up. Um, something Mike Amato taught me as my level up mentor was always just to think a little more and, and get into some of those more nitty gritty topics. So I, I like to do that. And I, I, uh, I go into a lot of the work of um, Adrian Lowe. That's where I, I get a lot of my analogies from that I try to educate patients on. I really do love his presentations. Um, also use some stuff from Greg Lehman. Um, and that, that's where I like to draw from when educating about this stuff. I think it's so key to have like an, a model, like, that resonates with you as a person too, and as a runner. And I think the biggest key that you guys touched on is like understanding that all pain is not necessarily the same, you know, like that there are differences between, uh, you know, like, like Danielle said, like having a slight bit of discomfort, 
Like that's going to happen. But understanding maybe when you need to modify something is super important. Uh, and it's a difficult process. I feel like one of the hardest things is for people to learn to be flexible with their training. I'm curious if you guys have thoughts on like, how do you encourage people to be flexible? You know, when it comes to a run where you feel, you feel like you just want to get it done, but maybe, maybe you should modify. I think it's important to know the runner that you're working with uh, on an individual basis. So if I have a runner that I know that this, this person is going to follow everything I write on that program, a hundred percent. And he's probably going to do a little extra. I'm just going to make that program a little bit less to start. And, and the trust and the rapport that we build is he, he's going to, he's going to trust exactly what I write on there. Right. Versus working with that runner, that person who, you know, like they're going to follow one day, but then something's going to come up and they're definitely not going to do another day. You, you can build in that, you know, something's going to happen throughout the week. So, so we can build that into your program where we're going to have an extra couple of miles on one day or another. Cause I know something's going to happen. Um, it's just important to know what your runners are thinking when they're on their runs, which is why it's so key to have those conversations. Like Danielle was saying, what were you thinking during that run? What were you thinking when your knee started hurting? You know, what, what did you do about it? Those kind of things. Cause I want to be, I want to know what they're thinking while they're training um and you know work with someone for for a couple of weeks couple of months you're going to get a really good idea of what kind of runner and person they are when it comes to training i think something that a conversation that i've found myself having more frequently and i think going you know having the athletes on my roster now that are essentially training for whenever races return yeah. you know like it's reframing the goals a little bit, but also I think it brought up a lot of conversations of like all runs aren't going to go the way that we planned just because I put certain paces in there or certain RPE levels in there doesn't mean that you're going to hit them every single time. Like with the weather getting hotter I have a couple people moving right now with like getting back into like returning to work schedule. Like everything's been flipped upside down. Like I think this time frame more than anything has shown people that like we need to be flexible. Like not just in this the current circumstances that we have, but like that's life. Like there's gonna be things that pop up. There's gonna be times where you can't fall asleep. So like that early morning workout's not gonna happen. You know, I'll sometimes get like text messages like, oh my God, I just missed the last three workouts. What do you, what do you want me to do? I'm like, let them go. Like you don't have to catch up three workouts in the next two days. Like it's just that there's no, there's no point in doing that. And there's nothing to be gained in doing that. Like we're going to let them go. We're going to move past it. We're going to start fresh today with whatever's on the schedule, maybe move stuff around, maybe you know, we, you can go back to an old workout and, and, and move that up a day, but you don't have to go back and make up every single missed workout like that, that defeats the point. Um, so I think the biggest thing is really having an open line of communication. Like communication is huge because if they're feeling the pressure that they have to get every workout into a T, 
and that they, you know, every workout has to be perfect, then it's just going to be this constant strive for something that's not always incredibly realistic because life happens, stress happens, quarantine happens, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) there's stuff that's out of our control that's going to have an impact on our training and we need to be okay with that. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned, like, again, I've worked, like I was saying, I was working with a couple, couple of runners and like, again, like those things that you're just, that we're all just talking about right there is like the biggest part of that person's rehab. Like, you know, the exercises that you layer on there, like, yeah, that's fine. Like we know how to implement exercises into the person's program. Like, you know, it's more from what I've seen is like, okay, having those conversations, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? How are you viewing your pain when you're running? How, how often are you running? What's your program look like? Like, I feel like it's a lot more of like tweaking and, and changing and working on those things, which again, coming back to like the whole idea of virtual, it's like, you can do those things just as well virtually as you can in person. And that's why I think like this opportunity is so, is so great. So why, uh, why not, well, just to wrap up guys, where can people find more from, from you guys, like whether it be Instagram, your website, um, information about where they can access the webinar that you guys have coming up next week. I think it is. Dan, you want to talk about the, the webinars a little bit? Cause you know more about Dana Farber. Yeah. So Dana Farber is a big cancer hospital in Boston that I've been a part of since 2015. So I had um, been on their marathon challenge team for uh, the past five years. This was the first year that I had taken off. Um, And my husband and I had, that's where we met and we've been a part of their team for a while. So with the marathon getting canceled and a lot of their programs getting canceled, like the Jimmy Fun Walk, which also raises money for cancer research and to just fund all the amazing things that they do at this hospital. They put together a the Jimmy Fun uh, Summer Wellness Series. So next week, I'll be doing a virtual run, which is a, the scenic route, which is something that we implemented here um, before we were able to open up the studio. And then we'll be doing the webinar on the 14th. Um, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can go to either um, Starting Line 207, Run Fit Doc, or Race Ready PT um, on Instagram. All the links are on there to sign up for either the Scenic Route Virtual Run or the Navigating Pain webinar. And um, it's all optional donations. All of those funds goes towards helping the doctors continue doing what they're doing and take into account all the other safety precautions that they've had to take on with continuing to treat patients during this time. Um, so it's, it's helping fund their, um, their emergency response fund right now. That's awesome. And what is, go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. Oh, you could also go to jimmyfund.org if you want to see all the other great stuff that they have outside of our uh, two things. They have dozens, if not hundreds of things going on this summer. Um, and then as for us, uh, racereadypt.com, um, just got our website up and running last week, um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and, and we encourage anyone to reach out if you want a webinar topic on a certain thing. I'll uh, be planning our webinars for the next six months. Uh, we're excited to do those via Zoom 
Uh, we'll also probably have them on our Instagram live and, and things like that. Um, so we're excited to get all that up and running. Cool. Yeah. And what, what does the virtual run look like? Like, what is like, how, what does that entail? Cause I might have to put on my running shoes and yeah, I know I had, uh, I had uh, tried to recruit you guys uh, a couple, a little while ago when we first were putting them on. So it's basically what I've been doing in studio. Uh, so it's coach led and all levels are welcome. And it's me taking you through different intervals. So there's different pace levels, one through five. And I'm basically counting you in to the making those changes. You get to pick the route that you go on. And I'm playing tunes in the background and uh, encouraging you guys along the way. Cool. That's awesome. And that's what, that's next week, you said? Next week, yeah, July 8th, uh, also 5.30 p.m. So that will be next Wednesday. And then uh, the 14th will be a Tuesday at 5.30 for the webinar. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I will, uh, I'll see if my Wednesday's clear and I'll get, a, get out there. I need to run next week, so I'll do that. <laughs> um thanks for coming on guys really appreciate it it's uh, i'm excited for you it's it's awesome obviously danielle we've had a relationship for a little bit um talking on the podcast tyler I, we've we've talked before and i'm just excited to to watch you guys kind of partner up and, and put this into action um it's it's a no better time than now so i'm excited for you guys thanks we we really appreciate it yeah we're excited to uh get this thing uh running and and moving as fast as we can and just uh looking for all growth opportunities as we move forward. Personal, professional, everything. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on, and we will uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. You guys rock.